0: Welcome to the Just Fucking Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Maria Gresta, and I'm a multiple six-figure entrepreneur, business and manifestation mentor, and I'm known as the Thrive Queen. This podcast is where we talk about sex, health, spirituality, business, and living life on your own terms. My clients are go-getters, action takers, and do not settle for anything other than living a fuck-yes life. I'm obsessed with helping you thrive in all areas of your life, and if that vibes with you, Welcome. I'm so, so, so happy you're here. Let's get into today's episode. Beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Just Fucking Thrive podcast. Today we have an interlude or interruption. Is interlude interruption? I don't know. Interlude, interlude to our daily podcast series that has been helping you guys develop unwavering faith in your ability to succeed in the way that you want, especially in terms of money and business. Um, Today I just really didn't want to talk about that So if you guys want to join Money Magnet Go do the thing I will put that down below You have a few more days But today we decided to bring Mr. Joseph on My husband, Mr. Joseph Mustakia.
1: Hello beautiful humans (laughs) It's Joseph Mustakia here (laughs) Hope you're having a splendid day Can't wait to talk with (laughs) y'all
0: Welcome Joe We're super happy to have you (laughs) Joe is my husband. If you guys don't know, he's been on the podcast once before. This was just once. <laughs> That's all he got. <laughs> um, I who fucking knows that we were talking about? Did we make the the topic? Uh- you supporting me was that the topic? Like, what has been like supporting Johnny, the multiple six-figure entrepreneur? I feel like that was the some topic. corny
1: shit like that, yeah.
0: Yeah, oh guys, don't go back and listen to that, please. I mean, do it if you want. I was really
1: good in that one. You guys want? You're gonna want to check that out.
0: No, actually, people did love him. He gave some really fucking good tips. And uh, everybody loves Joe always. I swear they love him more than me, and I've just accepted that. But um, today we are sharing with you guys the good, the bad, and the things we wish didn't happen but are grateful that they did. And the sexy. And the sexy. Does that go somewhere? The good, the bad, the sexy, and the things we wish didn't happen but are grateful that they did. good, the bad, the sexy. Yes. Obviously the sexy. Um, It is our nine-year anniversary. Nine years as of two days ago and yeah i just figured i'd share well
1: we're gonna go ahead and put our amazon wish list in if you guys want to get us anything no for free.
0: we're not supporting amazon okay fuck out well we do kind of but like really amazon no you're doing awful for the fucking earth <laughs> okay so we are gonna go through um 11 different of the most important parts of our relationship and some are gonna be funny, some are gonna be heartbreaking, and we're just gonna let it all hang out like Joe's balls.
1: Right now. No, they're not.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna guide this. Joseph, is there anything you would like to say before we start? Can you stop picking your feet? Gross.
1: <laughs> well, um my name is Joe. I'm thirty one years old. I'm a Virgo. Uh born in the hot month of August represents on my body. I know. Um, No, I I don't have much else. Uh, Yeah.
0: What do you hope the people get out of this podcast episode?
1: Just an understanding of how to be in a relationship and how to support and love each other and grow through the hard times, the good times and learn Mm -hmm. to always Love yourself and each other through it.
0: Mm, I love that. Joe's way better at all of that than I am, but I'm excited to give that to you guys. My intention is that you laugh, you get to see the real Johnny, and uh, you hear some of Joe's side of our stories, um, because I know you guys have heard a lot of our relationship story in like bits and pieces from me. and I think you know two people can go through the same experience and have very different outcomes or perceptions of it and um i'm interested to see what his is and what he's going to give you guys today so joe's preparing some tea we have some chamomile lavender what is it chamomile something lemon ginger chamomile lemon ginger tea i don't know that sounds weird but anyway it's really good we have that going on okay so the first portion that i wanted to talk about was how we met you guys may have heard it from me but joseph you have the mic
1: All right, so we were in the gym, um, but it's more than that. So we were kind of, you know, she had a workout partner at the time. I was working out with my father at the time. And uh, we were always have, like, eyes for each other across the gym. Somehow they would meet, um, took a little...
0: You mean Johnny is just a creep who stares at a lot of people, especially when she finds them hot, because that is my natural state of being.
1: Yeah, yeah. You can say the truth. I'm a creep. Absolutely that. Johnny's a creep. Um, And I was receiving the creepiness while turned on. Um, After that, some awkward exchanges of words were were had, uh, including me trying to famously uh, correct Johnny incorrectly, as she probably loves to say it, Um, but... Yeah, that that's how it's not all poured out. That's how it started. Um, But the way that it's expanded was nothing that I would ever expect. Let's see what else we we uh, we did cardio together. No, we worked out together a couple times before. I asked her if she wanted to hang out one night. Yeah, we did like yeah we did like legs once, and then we did like cardio. We did like stairmaster. I thought side we went side. on our
0: first date, and, like, you, I was on the Stairmaster dying, and you came up, and you asked me for my number. We had, like, exchanged some talking, and then, yeah. It was
1: very easy to get her number, by the way.
0: <laughs> uh, facts.
1: Uh, we worked out once. Whatever and then, it was. Yeah.
0: I was on steroids at the time. And we had done legs apparently at some point throughout the first few weeks of us meeting, and like I was loading up, I don't know whatever eight or nine. Seven
1: plates.
0: I uh, will go with eight or nine plates, not seven, seven. plates On each side, for the leg press, and uh, Joe had not been training legs, and what happened? Avidly, avidly.
1: And uh, that seven plates. Was like yeah, I do this. <laughs> and shit came down, hit me, and knees hit me in the fucking chest sat there for a couple seconds like, I need to push this weight up because this girl's watching. And I did. And then I did a few more times after that without my knees collapsing into my chest again. So, you know, ended up becoming successful after uh, being a bit of a scare.
0: And now your legs are jacked as fuck.
1: Yeah, baby. (laughs) Slap that weight on, girl.
0: Slapping the weight. Oh, my goodness. Okay, when you blow on your tea and you blow the tea into the microphone, <laughs> they're going to hear blowing on the other side. <laughs> <sighs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so we worked out together. What happened after the workout?
1: Um, yeah, after that, it was, like, some more small talk, maybe uh, pretty much, like, growing a little bit. Then I saw... Then we finished up doing, like... uh, Well, I finished doing stairs, and you were continuing going. And then I asked you for your number, and we went on a date, probably, I think, about two... A week or two... No, I think two weeks after that, because you were still futzing around with your ex-boyfriend. Futzing. Futzing, because you weren't sure what the fuck you were doing there.
0: I was not... Yeah, I was dating somebody else for, like, the three and a half years before Joe. And it was just... I was bored. I was... I felt like I was his, like, mother and his, like... No, more like his sister. He had a good mom. Like, I felt more like his sister. I was not sexually attracted to him, whatever. I had cheated on him. Multiple times. No. Well, yes, actually, it was was at least for a few weeks that I cheated, I believe. It was really not good, and he doesn't know to this day, to my knowledge. And uh, I should have... If you're
1: listening, Dean, cheers.
0: No, we don't say names. Shh. (laughs) Uh-huh. And uh, oh, that would be awful if you found out this way. I'm sorry. I was an ass. I should have just left you and been honest with you. But I didn't know what honesty was. And I didn't know how to express things. I just was an ass. But, yeah, moving on. Um, and then, like, I, we had broken up, me and the other dude. And then within that time frame of, like, us trying to figure things out, we were broken up but, like, weren't sure if we were on a break. We were just kind of confused. And uh, I met Joe. And I think it was going to be... I think it was going to be our three-year anniversary. I think that's what it was. And we, I had taken my ex-boyfriend on a date. And I was like, okay, let's see if we could rekindle this. Like, you know, we've dedicated a lot of time. We really love each other. And it was just really bad. And he was like, listen, I don't, I don't think I can be with you. Like, I, don't, I can't do this right now. And I was like, okay, well, screw you. I'm not going out to dinner. I was going to take him to STK in the city and spend, like, you know, a few hundred dollars on dinner. And... Uh, I was just like, I'm not going to fucking stay here. So I left. We were in the city. And then, I don't know, he was like, maybe we will try. Like, I'm sorry. And I was like, seriously? Like, now you're going to say all of this? And so that's when I met Joe. And so he was trying to pursue me my ex-boyfriend at the same time as I started hanging out with Joe. And the poor kid's car, remember? We were working out together. He didn't know that I started seeing Joe. We all went to the same gym together. And then he saw that I worked out with him. And as... Um, he left the gym and he was so fucking heartbroken and so hurt, um, his car broke down, right? And you and I had went to Starbucks and we were talking and he's like, hey, my car broke down. It's like, I don't know what you want me to do. I can't fix your fucking car. Like, call your family to take you home or whatever happened. And yeah, that was, I'm pretty sure, the last time I talked to him because he was quite angry. So Joe won the fight.
1: <laughs> it was never a battle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what was our first date like?
1: first date is was incredible
0: aww
1: um we met at a restaurant that no longer exists no I picked you up oh my bad my bad yeah you're yeah. um so I, to, to, to preface that I was very high um <laughs> and Johnna picked me up as she just said and so we went to a restaurant that no longer exists in in Astoria New York Good, Queens was shitty. Um, pretty bad food pretty bad service but uh the date continued from there we had a great conversation over the date um, from there, we went outside and um, me being a savage that I was, you know, I basically stopped and kissed her and grabbed her ass and to this day she still didn't like that, but uh, it happened. <laughs> And uh, it was a great ass to grab. So going on from there... And you
0: realized I wasn't wearing any underwear.
1: And I realized she wasn't wearing any underwear. It's like, (laughs) oh. So going from there, you know, we went to a place in Queens called Long Island City Piers. Um, Very beautiful. You can see all of Manhattan from there. Waters over there. It's a very beautiful area. um, If you're going now in the summer especially. So that, you know, that was nice. We spent probably an hour there or so. And... We were both hungry after that because our food was abysmal and we didn't love the 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 restaurant food. So then we went and got um, chicken kebabs. Yeah, then we went and got chicken kebabs from from a gyro guy who's still there. We enjoyed that. Um, We had more conversation. I forget where we went after that.
0: We went to Lemon Ice King.
1: Yeah, but there was something in between.
0: I don't remember.
1: So there was some. So Johnny was also twenty and she couldn't drink yet. Um, so then we no, went. I
0: did, I did order vodka though, okay. but I don't think I drank well,
1: it. Well, we weren't like we couldn't like just go to a yeah. bar and grab a drink, you know. So we ended up going like food hopping, basically. Like we, <laughs> we went on a, a food excursion throughout Queens, and um, we uh, we went to Lemon Ice King In Corona. It's been there over hundred years. If you have never 100 been
0: there, hundred years? Yeah, it's
1: been there for like hundred twenty years now. I
0: don't really think it's that good though.
1: It's just shaved ice. It's hell fucking great canopy. So,
0: Good enough to be there for a fucking so hundred years.
1: we, uh, yeah, we were there. I think we watched bocce because there's a bocce ball court across the street.
0: <laughs> Exciting things um,
1: in life. You know, talking, getting to know each other. Conversation was effortless. It was flowing very easily. Um, and then I want to say around like 11 or 11.30, we started heading back towards uh, my house because she... Oh, no. Was going to drop me off because I had work the next day, and then she was going to go home from there. But, uh, again, me being the savage that I was, I said, hey, because uh, this is how I was running the ship back in back at 22 years old, hey, uh, if you're not coming upstairs, I don't know if no, there's...
0: You, you, t- you we were making out. Right. And I was super soaking.
1: And she was super soaking that hoe. <laughs> and, uh... And I basically said, hey, like, you know, clearly you want me. I want you. Um, If you don't come upstairs, I don't know if I'm going to see you again. I mean, I was very into her, and that's a fucking lie. So I would have seen her again, but.
0: Oh, you would have? Yeah. Oh, I didn't have to fuck you? Yeah.
1: But after a little bit of tampering, she gave in. And uh, that was the
0: only time I had ever fucked somebody on the first date. And then, He thinks I'm lying, but that is true. And then
1: 11 orgasms and... I
0: think it was seven.
1: No, it was like seven in the first round.
0: I don't know about that.
1: And, and a broken condom later.
0: And almost uh, a baby.
1: And, and almost a baby.
0: Imagine we had a baby. We wouldn't have to be trying right now. Do you think we would have made it throughout the baby? What does that mean? Like, do you think we would have lasted if we had a baby the first night? Yeah, I would have. Yeah. I would have been
1: willing to work through it. Of course, I have a child with somebody. Like yeah. I know
0: your family would be like. There's no other option.
1: Nah, it's not my family. It's it's me. It's what I think is morally right. Okay.
0: But you know, in
1: time, if that didn't work out, that didn't work out. Um...
0: Okay, hold on. He's getting some text messages. Are we good? Going once. Going twice. Wanna... Okay, we are back. Um... So seven orgasms later, a possible baby. We would have. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So after all that, um, we slept. I had work the next day. And uh, as Johnny was doing the walk of shame the next morning, I had asked her if she wanted to come over again.
0: You cooked for me, right?
1: And I and I think I cooked steak for you. Yeah,
0: you cooked steak and with some red wine. It was yeah. the first time any dude had cooked for me. Um eh, no, that's a lot. But like as like a date,
1: it wasn't good food. I could probably tell you that it was good. Okay, it was good. Some
0: spinach, I think you put in a plate.
1: I think so. I have no idea. <laughs> um, probably high. I was definitely high, and so
0: I had no clue he was high. By the way, I was very <sighs> immune to anybody being like high Inebriated. around me. Yeah, I was, I had never been around people like that, and well, Joe was, a, was like that. I
1: was a professional pothead. <laughs> I did everything high. I worked high, went to school high. Um, yeah, all, all of it. But, yeah, so I, she came over the next day, again, a couple orgasms later.
0: <laughs> we were having a lot of fucking sex, Yeah, a lot dude. of
1: sex the first two nights. And, a lot uh, of sex.
0: It was great. Yeah
1: for the first like year plus we had a lot of sex. But yeah. But um
0: Then it went downhill.
1: Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, I mean I went I went to work again the next day and uh, she just kept coming over.
0: No, you forgot the part where like the first morning after I left we like kept messaging each other and kept telling each other like I oh, don't want to oh, leave. Hold on, like, th-
1: there's a huge part that I missed. Oh so what is this? After we had sex we're laying in bed and we were basically, like, looking into each other's eyes, and I was, like... And we were, like, this is so easy. Like, I don't understand how, like, we feel so connected to somebody that we've literally gotten to know over, like, four to six hour period.
0: That happened? Yeah. We, fe- we actually said we that? We were, like,
1: saying, like, I don't... Like, I feel like I've, like, known you forever.
0: But I remember feeling that. I remember saying that. That's yeah. amazing.
1: So... Which I thought was beautiful. Aww. So... Yeah, I mean, the texting the next day was inevitable because... I was more in love than I ever realized, and uh, it's grown since then.
0: Oh, if I didn't have my period, I would stop the podcast right now, and we would go fuck. But it's the first day, and it would look like a murder scene, so we're not going to do that. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay, so we have the meeting. We have the almost pregnant on the first date. That was the second uh, big portion I wanted to talk about. Then I wanted to go into Joe's quest to find who he was and his path while Johnny tried to control everything. So Joseph, I will give you... And she did. I will give you full reign to speak and I will do my best to shut up. Bye.
1: Okay. So when we first started, I was working for my family. Um, Both my... A lot of my family are uh, entrepreneurs or some form of... Uh, self-made kind of people. My dad was distributing beverages at the time. My cousins were distributing um, ice for drinks and et cetera and festivals across New York City. And I basically had a job uh, seven days out of the week. If I wanted to work, it was always available to me. And I drove trucks. So it was something that uh, paid well and, and I enjoyed doing because I was like, oh, this is so easy. So as I as I did that, and I'm like getting to know Johnny, and Johnny's like got these goals: become a dietitian, and she wants to be a personal trainer. And I'm just like, and yeah, you were a personal trainer, and um, and I was like, well, shit, maybe I I'm capable of more, and I shouldn't have to feel the necessity to um, strictly be what my family wants me to be. So they, you know, there was a seven six six years of figuring it out. I went to college thinking that I wanted to do anything that a college degree would allow me to do. And that was a fucking nightmare. Um, I made, I made some really great friends and met some really great people along the way. Don't get me wrong, but uh, ultimately it, it wasn't uh, that great. It, it, ultimately nothing panned out from it. I had some jobs that I loved for a little while. I've worked at orange theory um, yeah actually it's the only job that I love when it came to personal training Yeah, and all, all, the, jobs all sucked. the other jobs sucked and um, yeah so after I finished college I went to work I worked at Boar's Head which is a meat distribution company they're huge in the northeast and so while there like there was some mornings I had to wake up two o'clock in the morning just to start work at three. And it was a fucking shit show. It was so energy draining. And I was like, and, and by like month seven, yeah, months, uh, month, um, month five or six, actually, I was fucking burnt out. And I was like, and, and I was just like doing the bare minimum at my job, including driving trucks and packing stuff out and just waking up for somebody else. It just was fucking miserable. So, um, Yeah so they fired me Even though like I had I was like oh When I first started I was like oh I could definitely see myself Doing this Like to own my own route Because again My family does distribution of stuff And I'm just like Nah fuck that shit It's slave labor for myself I wouldn't want anybody else to do it So You know Moved to Colorado Moved back to New York Moved to Texas And um, I've switched a lot of jobs I've owned I've worked a couple of personal businesses and currently, I'm at the one that feels the greatest and pays the greatest. Oh, yeah. and <laughs> And uh, I'm grateful to have what I, what I do now. What I do now is I do real estate wholesaling. So if you have a shitty house, we buy houses cash. Uh, we close as quickly or as slowly as you need <laughs> us to. And we take care of all closing fees. If you are interested, uh, feel free to contact Johnny. And I will definitely reach out to you.
0: Okay, so I appreciate your little pitch here. You got that, people. <laughs> um, so when I asked you about the Joe finding himself, you took the path of explaining the, you know, schooling versus mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. Yeah. What else is beneath that in terms of you as a man, or as a human?
1: Right. So I grew up in a very traditional. Uh, off-the-boat Italian family. My grandparents were the first generation here. My family's only been here since the 50s and 60s. Um, But, yeah, so a lot of my ideologies were instilled in me from a very young age, and things that I felt like as I grew I stopped uh, agreeing, not agreeing with, but I needed to take my own step onto it, and I need to stop being so malleable for other people. Um, and decide to make things like my own choice. So, you know, there's been a lot of, like, uh, there's been a lot of growing personally in helping me understand who I am, what I want and where I want to be. And it's hard because, you know, I'm often in, I'm often inflicted, conflicted, excuse me, with, uh thoughts of like how I should be doing something versus how I want to do it and so there's been a lot about me understanding me that it's taken you know i'm at year I'm at year thirty one revolution thirty one around the sun right now and um there's yeah there's just been a lot that has gone into me like I understand now that I don't want to work for anybody else because it's it's miserable i Um, set my own boundaries. I know how to set boundaries and I know how to not have my boundaries stepped over. I may not always provide the kindest and easiest way to go about it because I am very serious in the way that I talk, but my boundaries don't get stepped over much. Um, I've also learned that I've also learned that I'm bisexual. Johnny has I too. I was
0: not expecting that. Well, you knew it. I know. I did know it. I didn't know that that was what you were going to come out with. But you do, you boo. All my people support you.
1: <laughs> um,
0: and if they don't, get the fuck out.
1: Uh, what else?
0: Well, we haven't acted on it, right?
1: No. No. But I do have things that turn me on about it.
0: Oh, yeah. Claps for JoJo.
1: What else? Um, yeah, I've learned that I don't want to live in New York and be fucking cold and miserable my entire life. <laughs> I've learned that I'd rather be somewhere warm, comfortable, and that mild. Um, and also, living here in Texas, I've learned that it's too goddamn hot. So for all the people who love Texas, do your thing, girl, but I'm out. And uh, I think that's that's what I got for you guys at the moment.
0: Hmm. Well, thank you for being so honest. I know everybody here appreciates it. I can speak for all of them, but you can definitely let me know, or message Joe, even though he's not really on Instagram.
1: I still accept messages.
0: He can. He'll still get your message though, if you want to talk with him. Um, I love how you. I I've loved seeing you, girl. Like I've loved seeing you really step into your own and. You didn't really talk about the controlling part, but I have talked about it a lot on the podcast, and we can get into that in a minute, but um, it's been really beautiful to see, like, just you own yourself, and I don't want to say, like, grow into a man, like, I think that that's a very, like, gross way of putting it, but, like, just grow into yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, as if, like, you weren't a man before, you know, I think that's a douchey thing to say, but, um, yeah, I really appreciate all of your growth, and, like, I've never seen a man... (sighs) so dedicated to their growth and learning and wanting to be better for themselves. And like, you're just such a giving fucking human. Like you're literally such a really nice human. And,
1: uh, I received that. Thank you.
0: No. Yeah. You're super sexy too, which definitely helps everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so we talked about moving to Colorado a little bit. So we grew up in New York for our entire lives. I was 24 when we moved. You were 26? Yeah.
1: No, no. I was 28.
0: 28 and 26. Yeah. Okay, 28 and 26. It's only been three years since we've been in Colorado? No, we... No.
1: 2018. January 19, 1st, 20, 20.
0: twenty. Four years. Yeah. Yeah. That January, makes sense because January 1st,
1: 2018, we hit the road.
0: Yeah. So January 2018, we decided to move to Colorado. When he got fired from that miserable job at Boar's Head... Um, we had already visited Colorado, and I was, like, fucking with him, and I was like, Joe, we're gonna move to Colorado, we're gonna move here, people are loving, and he's like, yeah, no, okay, I need to be in New York, and then when he got fired, literally, like, we didn't have a conversation about it again, he was just like, let's move to Colorado, and I think at that time, I was working for Lifetime Athletics, I had quit being a clinical dietitian, thank the Lord, and, um, Yeah, I quit being a clinical dietitian. I was searching and searching and searching and then I found lifetime, which I thought was gonna be the thing, because I could be a dietitian there and I can train my clients as well and it was gonna be great. And it was just there were nights where he was picking where I was leaving at, you know, five AM or something like that to start work at six or start my first client at six. And then he was picking me up in Manhattan at like nine thirty. And it was just between him Working that job at Boris Head and me having these insane long hours, too, like, we just... I think that's when our sex really started to decline.
1: Yeah.
0: And our happiness really started to decline. And, you know, we were trying to prove ourselves to, especially his family. Like, I don't really feel like I have to prove myself much to my family. Um, I don't remember feeling like that at the time. Like, I felt like I had already proved myself in a lot of ways. Although, again, you don't need to prove anything. But we're just going to go with what actually happens in our heads, and, uh, you know, I was, like, con- convinced I had to prove to Joe's family that I can be successful and I can make money and look how much I work and, oh, look, I'm a dietitian, and now I do this too and look at all of this and I feel like I sucked Joe into that a lot. I, I feel like you weren't really like that before me, at least consciously. And, uh, yeah, I feel like the boar's head was really to, like, appease your family a lot and really say, like, look, I found something, and look, it's within the, you know, the route industry, what you guys do, and your dad was cheering you on. Even my dad was like, oh, that's such a good business, and Joe was like, cool. You know, like, when you get all this praise from people, like, of course you want to keep going, but, you know, people really just have to stop doing that and instead say, like, I'm proud of you with whatever you actually do. Like, if you like this, keep on going. If you don't, you don't. Not, like, hound in. I don't
1: think that that's a... Well, for speaking from my own family, I don't know if that's a thing for um, first-generation immigrant children.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: You know, my my you know my family's my parents were the first. My parents were the first. Both my parents and their siblings were the first ones born here, and you know, my dad. My dad's family it was like if you are not a doctor or a lawyer, which the two of them are. You all the, all the four other kids ain't shit, basically. Mm-hmm. My dad probably makes as much as the doctor does and, uh, you know, never received praise for it. And, you know, I think with him rec- not receiving it, he didn't know how to, you know, tell me he's proud of me or... Yeah, I mean, I think this year is probably the first year that I've ever heard him say that. And, uh, yeah, and so, you know, like the... Yeah.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that because I think a lot of people in our generation came from parents who were first generation American. Oh. Yes, a lot of people. Like, almost all people that I am close with. A lot of my clients, too. A few know.
1: A lot of our friends, Absolutely. Yeah, But a lot of other people, not so much.
0: I mean, of course other things exist, but I think a lot of people who go through that what, what we do came from people who, you know, their parents really instilled that you have to do well, you have to become successful, and, you know, it just really kind of fucked with us. And so when Joe messaged me, like, let's just move to Colorado, it was like the first time I felt him actually, like, really making a decision for himself And naturally, his family flipped the fuck out. His dad, majorly, flipped out. Um, It was really hard to work through that and still commit to what we wanted to do. Um, And then while we were in Colorado, Joe's giving Hunter CBD right now, so I'll just talk until he's done. But uh, when we were in Colorado, we were, (laughs) we got there the first. The third. The third. And then by the 8th, I think, I had our website up. And recipes created and meal prep going on. And we had people purchasing our food already. Like, I had done so much mass social media marketing already. Yeah. And, yeah, Joe was struggling to find a job and he worked... He ended up working for the meal prep company and was one of the major, like, players in it. He worked with our chef very often and I had a job as a manager working insane fucking hours at a gym... And our sex life just fucking suffered.
1: Oh yeah, it uh, it definitely decreased. I mean, we also, within a month of us living there, we also took on a dog.
0: Yeah, took on Hunter.
1: Took on Hunter, who, <laughs> as he sits here behind me anxiously, um, he was, all you know, he he was a lot for us. So, between Johnny having a job where she was up at four a.m. sometimes not coming home till ten again,
0: and then we were still. Like, delivering stuff. Right,
1: and cooking and delivering. And I'm trying to figure out how to take care of them, take care of myself. And then I ended up getting a job, too. And then it's like, fuck, we're juggling all these things. I'm consistently exhausted. And we don't have time for each other. We weren't making time for each other.
0: Yeah.
1: It was a recipe for disaster. Um
0: <laughs> It really was. It really
1: was. It, you know, like, we... Nothing happened immediately then. Aside from starting to become... Compl- not complete, that's definitely not the word. Um, I don't want to say miserable because that's, that's, that's a wrong thing to say, but challenged and, and not going, coming up against those challenges. So it didn't, it didn't help.
0: Yeah, I feel like we were happy in some ways because we were running our business, we were having success with it, Um, we were traveling back and forth too much to New York because we were just trying to like, you know, show the family that we were still here and show the family that we can still come back often. And look, it's not a big deal that we live in a different state. And it was like, we were there for only seven months and I think we went back to New York at least four times. Yeah. Three or four times, which is, is fucking insane. Like we've lived in Texas for three years and we've been back once granted it was COVID. But you know what I mean, like.
1: Still wouldn't have made me want to go back.
0: Yeah, you know, there's obviously we would have gone back a little bit more had it not been COVID. But, you know, it was like this. This like pulling between what we wanted to do, and what we thought we needed to do, what and we were, thought we
1: were expected to do.
0: Yeah, what we were expected to fucking do. It honestly, it's not that we thought. It's not that we made it up in our head. It's that, you know, your family really put that pressure on us. Yeah. And my dad doesn't put pressure as much as his family, but I know that the pressure is there. The rest of my family doesn't really care, but, you know, like, when you start finally doing things for yourself, you, people question it, you know, and then you start thinking there's something wrong with you, or you start thinking you're doing something wrong, or you're being selfish, and, you know, some people call this selfish, and sure, but I think that's a good fucking thing, so whatever, our... (laughs) Within seven months of being in Colorado, we were just in that place of being torn with what we wanted and what other people expected from us, and we weren't strong enough to really honor what we wanted. Had we did that, we would have stayed and really just tried to figure shit out, and not just try and make more money and make more money and make more money, but actually really live.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And, you know, sex was the first thing to really decline for us, but we were just too busy going and going and going, and I became really mean. I became really... Is demeaning the right word? Like demeaning towards you? Yeah, Yeah, like putting him down all the time, finding everything that he was doing was wrong. And, you know, you you can't run a relationship like that. You can't yeah. run your life like that, whether you're talking to yourself or other people. No, you know?
1: it, felt, it felt like... It often felt like no, nothing I ever did was right. <laughs> and there was a problem with everything. So after a while, it started feeling like I was walking on eggshells. And that is a whole challenge in itself because... It's like, well, I can't be self-expressant. I can't be, um, my, you know, I can't be myself. And that doesn't really work out. That doesn't work out for me, you, anybody, whenever you start denying somebody or making them feel inferior, incompetent, then, you know, there's going to become their, there's going to be their problems that go along with it. So Johnny would, Johnny would say a lot of things that put me down, but. Me in my own way, you know, we always have that opportunity to be strong enough to say like, hey, this is enough. But I was accepting, I I was receiving it and I wasn't saying anything. Um, And if I did, it would be an argue, it would be a a blowout. And it would, it would lead, it would lead to more problems. It would lead to just feeling more torn between like, oh, am I not doing anything or everything right? Apparently, Apparently I wasn't. Um, But, you know, we we learn and grow through it.
0: Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I've had to do a lot of work as just popping a black hat on my face, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) He just, like, looked at me and found the black hat and decided. Ow, ow, okay. Did you get it out?
1: No, I'm going to get it.
0: Ah, now it's bothering me. Get it out. Okay, I'm going to talk through this. Um, You know, I grew up in a family where women were very mean towards men where women were very controlling, where that was the only way that I, you know, had seen relationships. And I just thought, like, you know, focus on your career, focus on your career. My family, like, really hounded it into me to, like, uh, never have a man support you, never rely on anybody else but you. Um, You can't trust anybody else. And they became, like, it, it caused me to go further into, like, a shell and further into this place of, like, you know fuck the world um fuck anybody else like it's just gonna be me me alone and anybody else that comes for the ride cool and I think that that can still be a thing and that definitely is a thing like I'm very driven and I'm very focused on what I want and whoever wants to come can come but it's also I also don't push people away by being an asshole to them anymore (laughs) and you know it it was it was crazy because looking back on it like you know, I hear Joe talk about her. I think about it, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, like, why would I do that, you know? But in the moment, I, I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't seeing the patterns. I, I was so mean to myself. I was so mean to... It was just the way that I was that I didn't see that there was anything wrong with it, you know? I thought the controlling, I thought the critiquing, I thought that the... Um, You know, I thought that all all of that was just normal and the way that it had to be and the way that it was always going to be because that's what was modeled to me. And, you know, it just, it really just, you know, Joe's not one to stay miserable. He's not one to stay unhappy. Um, And so we, I think I, I called your family and I think I had asked you initially do you want to move back to New York because we're not doing well if we move back we can get help from your family with our business and blah 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 and he said no but in my head I heard yes (laughs) like I made it into a yes I made it into no this is the route he needs to take like he misses his family he I don't know what what was going through my head or your head at that time
1: well, a lot of what was going through your head was like, like you were calling my mom behind my back, and you were like, "Yeah, he's really upset. He's really miserable. Um, he's really unhappy here. He's not
0: doing anything right."
1: Yeah, it's probably that too.
0: If you're married, do you not do this. By the way.
1: Yeah. Don't. No. <laughs> um, yeah. So all of that was, all of that was leading into, um, just being told, "No, we have to move back." I mean I think at at some point I ended up just saying like all right yeah fine let's move back again because somebody else tell me what I thought I wanted instead of me saying no I want to stay um and it was you know it was definitely a a struggle at times um I remember going back home and I was like and like, oh, we have to go see this person and we have to go see that person even though I was there fucking three weeks before a month or two before it's like, oh, you gotta go see this and, this and this one and that one and I'm just like, I don't fucking want this either so I think that was probably the first point in which I was like I'm unhappy and I don't know how to change it and I just started playing into a very serious victim mindset and never feeling in control of anything
0: Mm, yeah. So we got back to New York. We knew that it was the wrong decision. Everything in our body was saying from
1: the day from the day we got there. From the day we got there, we knew it was the wrong decision. Like we pulled up, we unpacked our stuff. We looked at where we were gonna live. We looked at you know you know like as soon as my family helped helped us. If you're listening, I don't give a fuck. If <laughs> as soon as my family helped us unpack everything, they're like, all right, great seeing you. We'll see you soon. I was like, what? What, what? I just did a three-day trip to be helped for 45 minutes and then say, like, all right, peace. Like, it, it didn't, it was immediate that we, that I knew that this was a fucking mistake.
0: Mm, yeah, I think for me, it was just like, I, I, I've always known New York is not my place. And uh, we got back there and I was trying to start, I had an office I, I was trying to start a dietetics practice. I had an office next to my sister's office. She's also a diet... Well, I used to be a dietitian, but she's a current dietitian. And, uh, you know, I just started getting... Working on that and started getting clients and stuff like that. And um, also, a few months later, started a meal prep business.
1: Another one. Yeah, we started... Did, I think, um, yeah, about three months, two months later, three months later.
0: Yeah, we got back to New York in July... And then we... Uh, there's something with July because we moved also closer to July like both times, right? We have yeah. in Austin. Yeah. We have to look into that. We should look at that pattern before we decide to move again. But anyway. Um, <laughs> well, that's
1: why the next time we move is going to be
0: October. <laughs> okay. We'll, we won't move if it's fucking July. We got that down. Um, but yeah, we I st- was we were starting a meal prep business. I recruited Joe and my sister to help. It was just... And then I was working at Orange Theory because money wasn't coming in quick enough, and we had to, you know, make sure that we were making the money, and I was working 35 hours plus a week at Orange Theory, waking up super fucking early to go, you know, there. Um, We were binge eating in the evening and getting stoned massively in the evening throughout most of this, honestly. After the first year that we were dating, um, I started smoking weed basically every day with him, and uh, yeah. It was... We just were not happy. We were just consistently working. You went back to working for your dad. And then you went back to Orange... And then you started with Orange Theory.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I started before... At first, yeah. yeah.
0: And then... I started...
1: So, we got there. I started... I did, like, my Orange Theory tryouts... To, like, become a coach for them. Because they were opening a new studio. And... It was like... Uh, it was like we had to... to whatever. I was working... Just, I was working in order to get this job, and wasn't much money coming in over the training period and the period after that. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I was working with my dad. That was not fun. Again, it was really unfulfilling.
0: Moral of the story, don't do things just for money ever, 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 ever. Even if it is just temporary, it will not work out. It is not leading you on the right path. Okay? (laughs) There's one thing that we've learned in this fucking lifetime. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so we were, our sex life again, massively suffered. It had not gotten better.
1: And then once we started the meal prep business, again, the continuation of me never not being able to do anything right was there. It was like, you know, Johnny Johnny had, had to control it. No matter if it was me working or one of the other two people we had working with us. Um, Johnny had to control it And if it wasn't right Or if it didn't present correct It was always a problem And so that continuation From Colorado to there Had uh, You know Made things worse And I think in the Three months that we had Meal prep business in New York Um
0: Maybe longer I
1: think October to January Yeah
0: so October, November Maybe so late before, Late yeah. September
1: to January Something Whatever. Like whatever it was It was Exhausting Um between giving so much energy for both of us, from both of us to Orange Theory because you you pour a lot of yourself out in the three to five hours you work there, um, and you also were running like then from there we would run to go to the milk to the place where we were cooking, and it was a whole it was a whole lot, and uh, with all that, misery started setting in, and I had a uh, a plan to not be miserable anymore. You can share. I, th- I wasn't sure if there's anything else you want to say before that. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so I started talking to somebody else, um, I think for like a few weeks before the beginning of January. Um, and it was, oh, my bad. Yeah, I started talking to, to, to somebody else. Um, nothing had really happened for a little while. Because she was trying to respect the fact that I had a fiancé. And then I tried to... And then I broke up with Johnny on, like... December 23rd. I attempted to.
0: <laughs> Out of nowhere, though. There was no talk of, like... Yeah. Like, obviously, I knew we weren't happy. But we hadn't actually talked about, like, you know... Hey, this isn't going well. Um... I think there might have been, like, instances where, like, we would fight and you would be like, hey, like, if this doesn't get better, I'm going to fucking leave you or something like that. But, like, when you're trying to actually communicate something, doing it in the middle of a fight is probably the worst fucking time to do it, you know?
1: Well, sometimes that's when you're most inspired to say something and stop accepting or being willing to accept things the way that they are. Like, if you don't change, then I don't think this is going to work out.
0: Yeah, and I I think now we've learned to really communicate a lot better, whereas we don't let things get to that point, or if something's bothering us, we, you know, talk about it sooner, and we are more open to each other saying, like, hey, I have a problem with this, and the way you go about this is, you know, bothers me or it hurts me when you say this, and, you know, just really both taking ownership for our feelings and our actions and also communicating our feelings and actions to, you know, the other person has been really, really, really important. And so, yeah, he tried to break up with me on the 23rd, I think it was. On the 23rd. Had you already kissed her by that point? No. But it it was Christmas and we were with your family and it was after it already happened. No? No. I I don't know.
1: So I hadn't kissed the girl but the first time that I tried to break up with Johnny. And then I was like, fuck, that didn't, like, it didn't work because she ended up coming to my family Christmas I ended up coming to her family Christmas and she's like no we're gonna work it out we're gonna work it out and um, I think I just made my mind up Mm -hmm. and I was like nah fuck this shit and instead of saying anything which isn't a good thing um, I decided to then uh, start I decided to then move forward with the other girl and like try to and like then I started to kiss her and stuff like that But never made it to sex. Just to be clear,
0: this Uh, sucks to fucking say out loud.
1: We gotta tell your story in order for people to know how to fucking change and be willing to talk about the things. It's just like like, not. It's not supposed to be easy.
0: Yeah, and like I talk about it a lot on here, but like it's different me talking about it and me having like my walls up around what I'm willing to talk about and what I'm willing to feel. Versus, like, when he talks about it, you know, and then, like, visions come through of what happened, and it's not fun to vision your fiancé, now husband, kissing somebody else, and, like, just the deception and the pain and, like, the way that, you know, he went about and told me it, and after that, it wasn't just, like, you know, he was like, okay, well, I'm done with you, so we're, we're moving on. It was like he was kind of conflicted.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, not too long after the new year, I told Johnny that I had been seeing the other girl. And um, she was very upset, still wanting to continue working at this.
0: Well, no, the first time time you told me, I left. You told me when we were finishing up deliveries. deliveries. You left. And then I went to my sister's house. I think that was... Yeah, I dropped you off, and I immediately left to my sister's house, and you were saying, no, please don't go. Like, I want to work on this. Like, please don't go. I was throwing things, not, I don't think, at you. Did I throw things at you? No, you just
1: don't. No,
0: I threw things down the stairs. Yeah. Probably scared the, and petrified my dogs. But, yeah, I went to my sister's house, and I just remember shaking and, like, calling her, and I'm like, Joe cheated on me. And she was like, what? And then I stayed there, and then you were trying to text me, and you were, um, you showed up the next day, the next day or two, you showed up at her house, and you're like, I'm outside, please talk to me. Yeah. And I really, honestly, like, I don't remember that sequence of events, honestly. I think we went back to the house together, and then... I think a day later. Yeah, I think, like, I gave in a little bit, and I was like, okay, let's, like, talk, and, you know, I calmed down a lot, and then we were both at the house but we weren't sleeping in the same bed but like every time we would talk about it we would end up fucking because yeah. like he would cry and I would cry and then my vagina would get wet and I was like hey I'm wet again so we would fuck and it was the best fucking makeup sex in the world <laughs> it was just non-stop makeup sex <laughs> it was like he cried and my vagina also cried at the same time <laughs> and then you saw her again. Like, we were trying to work on it. We decided we wanted to be together. We were missing sex so much between us. Mm-hmm. Like, guys, sex is such an important part of a relationship. Like, I don't care what any sex expert says or relationship, relationship expert. expert. So like
1: Sex is necessary.
0: Sex is fucking necessary. Like, if you're losing it's that... It's the
1: deepest connection. Like, it's the deepest passionate connection that you could have. You know, like, people are going to try to fight me on this, but it's the deepest connection. Like, you're you're literally connecting your bodies.
0: <laughs> like, you're literally in me. It's literally yes. the deepest. Yeah. No, but even emotionally, you know, it's not just, like, you're inside of me. It's that, um, you know, like, you're literally expressing how you feel. Yeah. You know, whether it's, like, you smacking me, not like with you know my butt or something like that or (laughs) or we're just gonna move forward fast that one Mm -hmm. (laughs) or um you know it's me tying you up or whatever it is like it's still an expression of how we're treating each other in that moment you know like it's something sacred and you know of course you can have moments where like it's really not and it's just like i'm fucking this person but i feel like once you have this deep love for somebody it never really is and for us, losing that sex was just such a big thing. And so we started to fuck again. And I think all the feelings of why we really loved each other came back, and all of the realizations that we did want to be together mm-hmm. came back. But then you, I, I, I don't even know what the fuck happened.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was still torn. Um, I was like, well, now I have, now I was starting to allow myself feelings for this other girl mm-hmm. in the time in which I was trying to fix things with Johnny. And, I still went and met up with the other girl, I think a night or a few nights later. I'm not sure exactly when it was, but this is all in like a two three week time span, three yeah. week time span. And uh, she And yeah, so I picked up the other girl and um,
0: correction. I woke up to him not being there. And I called well, him. Well,
1: you had me sleep on the couch.
0: Yeah, you were sleeping on the couch because I was not ready to, like, be in bed with you. <laughs> I was willing to fuck you, but it's fine. And, uh, I woke up to him not being there. Something just, like, jolted me up, and then...
1: Probably the sound of my pickup. No, you, you were
0: already there. Because I called you, and I, I was like, where are you? And you picked up, like, a... I don't know why you would do that, but that's what you decided to do. And you said you went to get gas. Because you went to go to your family's house, which was, like, two streets down. And I was like, why would you need gas for that? And then I heard her in the background. She said something. And I was like, you're fucking with her? And I I was livid. I was so mad at you. Oh my, I'm still so angry at you from that. Like, that anger will never go away. Like, I've been deceived, and I've been hurt, and I've been, um, yeah, just really hurt by guys in the past. And I'm not saying I didn't hurt you. I'm not saying I didn't deserve any of this. Like I think there was a better way to go around it, but I get it. I get why you chose what you you know, chose, but especially because I did not make it easy to respect what you wanted. I was like convinced we could make it work. And uh I wrote his mom a letter that night. I wrote her an email of I don't I've I have not read it back to this day because I am beyond embarrassed with whatever I said in there, but I think for the most part, I was cordial, but I was just like, I can't help your son. Like, I took him from being, like, a drug dealer, someone who stoned all the time, to um, somebody who got a degree. And, you know, just trying to really prove myself and kind of, like, get her on my side, which obviously that was not going to (laughs) work. There's no fucking sides, but, like, of course, you can take her fucking son's side here. And, um, yeah, I just, I reacted really fucking badly, and I guess you came home. Or you went, I think you went back to your family's house for a little bit and then somehow we ended up. I went
1: home that night and then was asked to leave the next morning. And so I did and I stood at my family's house for like two days, three days. And uh, then I came back again because I was refusing to not live there. Yeah.
0: You didn't come back because you wanted to be with me?
1: Of course. Of course I wanted to work it out, but like I wasn't accepting of the fact that like I couldn't be there anymore. I was like, "Nah, fuck that. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to work this I'm going to work this out and we're going to like grow stronger from this." That was my thought.
0: Yeah, and so he cut it off with the other girl. I think there was still a time where I woke up and you were talking with her. I don't remember uh, what sequence of events that happened, but like, you know, clearly he was torn. Like he like, really developed feelings for this girl who treated him a lot better. He was definitely physically attracted to her. And, um, you know, someone's treating you right when your fiancé is treating you really fucking awful and you don't want to be in that relationship. It's like when something else good comes along, you're just like, oh, that's The grass that's is greener. Be, yeah. And, you know, in that moment, it might have been greener, but it's greener where you also fucking water it, you know? And so whatever, all of this led us... To a place... Well, I didn't feel like
1: I was getting water. I feel like I was...
0: <laughs> you getting I mud. Like I, I
1: feel like I was just getting straight sun without any rain.
0: <laughs> That's awful. My <Not> bad, boo. <laughs> but, yeah, so moral of the story is well, have sex, and if you lose your sex life, probably everything else will go. Have honestly. sex, talk
1: about the difficult things.
0: Yeah, as often well, as you need, and in a calm way. Like, feel your feelings, become a crazy person on your own, but then come back and talk to your partner and explain things in a very grounded way, in a very direct way, without accusing them of things, without um, telling them, you're doing this and it's making me feel like this and this is all your fucking fault and you suck for this, you know. I wish you just done this different. Like, that's not a good way to communicate. Joe, you're really great at this. How should they communicate? How do we communicate, rather? You can find your own way.
1: I think that the best way to do it is to be honest. You have to not... You have to try to detach emotion from a lot of what you're going through, and it's very hard. I'm not gonna say it's fucking easy. Um, it's something that I've developed. I don't know. I don't know when exactly, but I, I have. But anyway, um, I'm
0: dealing with my crazy ass,
1: probably. But yeah, you have to find. You have to f- detach yourself from emotions. And be willing to talk about it. And even when the hard things come up, or even when you're feeling triggered, you can't give in to that 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 knife in your side. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you gotta allow yourself to stay calm and patient through it. The other person might be yelling at you. That's not that's not necessi- that does not necessarily mean that you have to go ahead and yell as well. You just find their emotion. You find how you feel, and you talk about your point without being like ah you calmly go about it and even when things are being said you continue to stay calm
0: yeah joe's super fucking calm i don't yell as much as i used to but it's i still definitely get more heightened than him it's kind of annoying at this point but i respect him for it and admire it (laughs) um so yeah we decided to work things out and things were going really well And then I think at that point, within like the month that all the shit fucking happened, I had already decided that I was leaving New York. I was like, well, I'm not going to fucking stay here because I came back with him for him. Like, I'm not going to stay here. So I think at that point I'd wanted to move to Cali. I had however much money in my bank account, which wasn't a lot, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. And then I think by February I enrolled in my first business coaching program with Amanda Bucci. And I had decided I was going all in on this. And at that point, I think we were clear that we were moving to Austin.
1: No, at that point, at that point, we were like, all right, well, we ain't getting any fucking help here. We don't like it here. The winter's, that winter was miserable. (laughs) Um, and we're like, all right, we're out. And, uh, I threw my resume out across the entire country to mainly hot areas wanting to stay with Orange Theory. And as I did that, uh, within about five hours, Austin, The people from here in Austin were like, hey, uh, what does it take for you to get to get down here and start working for us? I'm like, I've never been to your city before, so I definitely need to check it out first. And here we are for almost four years later.
0: Is it going to be four years? In April, yeah. Okay, three and a half, yeah.
1: Not even, but yeah. Something like
0: that. Um, what are some main points of what we do now that has led us to want to actually have a baby? They all know that we're trying to cook a baby um yeah let's make this part a little bit shorter because i feel like everything's been super long and if you guys are interested in hearing more you could let me know but um what would you say between then and here that has transpired that has really helped us and more challenges and how did we get to wanting a baby mustakia
1: i've always wanted a child and johnny hasn't always wanted a child and i knew that in time she would come around to it Sure enough, I was right. Um, so from there, I mean, it's just been taking a lot of grounding. It's been taking a lot of connection between the two of us. Um, a lot of personal stuff. Uh, we, we have room to grow in the personal stuff area. But oh. but like, you know, I was working in a men's group for, for a little bit and that was really good. Um, but also just figuring out what's not working in your life which was my previous businesses my previous jobs and where I'm what I'm doing now like I, like we said before I, I love and that's mm. been working out absolutely beautifully um, and I definitely think you each need to find a sense of fulfillment in order to want to have that child
0: mm, I love that okay so what are some of the habits that we have done that have really made a big impact from the fuckery that was 2019 Ow, he's biting me. Was that a sexy bite? Mm-hmm. I know, but I have my period. We can't. We should not have recorded this podcast today because now I do want to fuck you. But anyway, um, yeah. What are some of the biggest habits that we have implemented?
1: Um, some of the biggest habits are <sighs> making sure to have time outside.
0: Yes. Yes. Not live in the four walls of our apartment.
1: Right. Not live in the four walls of our apartment and get like all like. Ah. Um, make sure that we do things weekly, uh, thrive day has definitely incorporated more availability for us to like choose to to go out and do things, but then like also deciding to do things throughout at night has been really great to go out and go do things. Um, see, explore more in the city. Exploring has been helpful. What else? Um, increasing in sex. Uh,
0: Definitely.
1: Increasing communication around the necessity behind it. Um, let's see. What else? An
0: increase in communication with sex. Like, there were things that Joe had, like, you know, wanted to try with me and places of exploring sex that were kind of, like, scary to me and, like, weird to me. Like, I always, like, before him, my sex. What were these places, huh? My sex. Well, we're getting there, people. Um, my sex before Joe was very just, like, monotonous, you Manila. know? Yeah, it was vanilla. And it had led... Other than the guy that I cheated on my ex-boyfriend with, that was great fucking sex. Obviously, that's why I wanted... And one other guy before Joe. But, like, in my relationships, it always just felt... Actually, I didn't have that much sex before Joe, honestly. But, um... (laughs) Joe was a very sexual... Very sexual human. And uh, it was just kind of vanilla. Like, no props, no handcuffs, no um, tying each other up, no toys things like that and it just became really boring and I don't know I think there's only so much you can do with like two human bodies you know what I mean and you know you get comfortable in the same fucking positions and so Joe had always had a more adventurous side around sex and we definitely explored that but then I kind of became closed off to it you know I kind of became like I don't know my mom always said like guys just want fucking sex and you shouldn't give it to them you should withhold it and you know like my family was very like anti-sex in that way and they were like guys are just sleaze balls who always want to fuck and I'm just like but shouldn't we all want to always fuck you know what I mean <laughs> and so uh yeah we started getting more adventurous with it I started you know asking him what he actually wanted and really respecting it and trying things out and um yeah just being open with my sexuality and what I wanted and we had done things beforehand but I felt like it wasn't consistent enough You know, and again, once we lost our sex life, and we didn't even include all the times when our three grandparents died in, like, six fucking months. Mm. We forgot about that. Like, we went through a lot of trauma in a very short amount of time that all contributed to, like, the decline of our relationship. But, um, yeah, you know, sex is just such an important thing, and it's such an important part of our lives now And being adventurous. What would you say is your favorite part of our sex?
1: The the, the uh, what do I want to say adventure, the stuff that we're starting to that we've started to like get more into, which um, is what, light BDism.
0: What? What are we getting into?
1: Light BDism?
0: What's BDism?
1: BDSM.
0: Oh, is that what we do? Yeah. That's a part of it. Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: When I tie your hands up, when I tie you up, when I tie, handcuff you.
0: What else what, do we do?
1: Whips, paddles.
0: We don't we kind of have a paddle. Yeah. Is that considered a paddle?
1: Yeah. Some uh, this. orgasm
0: withholding. Right. That's my favorite.
1: <laughs> yeah, it really was a couple days ago. Um, <laughs>
0: what else? Dum dum dum. I don't know. How would you rate our sex life? Recently? Yeah. Um, Ooh, I'm nervous. An eight two. An eight? An eight two. An eight point two. What would make it a ten? More of it. Okay.
1: And more exploring of it?
0: Like what? If you could just have one thing that you wish that we would do. Threesome. Okay. With in, a girl. In to addition be clear. in addition to a threesome. That would definitely make it like a twelve for me.
1: Right. I and mean make like a seventeen.
0: A seventeen out of ten.
1: Uh what else? Um Yeah, I mean, I would like to go back to the sex store and check out some more stuff.
0: Guys, does anybody have any recommendations about getting, like, sex toys? Because I feel like every time I walk into a sex store, it's, like, a... It's just gross, and, like, I feel like a hooker or something. I don't know. It's...
1: You look like one. I look
0: like one. I mean, sometimes I do. (laughs) But, yeah, any recommendations or any sex toy recommendations, let us know. We have a few different vibrators... And whips and stuff like that, and blindfolds we use, and we we use the things to tie us up that are, uh, they're they're part of the robes, like the uh, the
1: robe the robe uh, belt
0: the robe belt we use, and we have them just tied on the bottom of our beds. It's perpetually there. <laughs> we do have handcuffs, but they're kind of crappy, so this kind of works better.
1: I definitely think. Uh, oh, we
0: have the thing. We have is it a hog tie? Is that what it's called?
1: Yeah. We have the hog tie, and then we have the hands behind the back with the with the neck restraint.
0: I thought it's in the front.
1: It could be in the front, too.
0: Okay, we don't really use but that one shoulder, too often. your
1: shoulders, from all the years of lifting, don't really move that well.
0: No, yeah, definitely not behind me, but we could definitely try in front. Um, yeah, okay, so last few questions for you, Joseph. We appreciate you being here and being open. I can tell you're getting antsy because you're like, fuck, it's more than 10 minutes. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, we're well into it.
0: Yeah, thank you guys for being here. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, what is one piece of advice you'd give people for relationships or marriage?
1: Uh, one piece of advice. Um, so something that we talked about a lot last year was that it's going to be hard. No one ever tells you what the heart is. Right? That's something that you have to learn and grow through. But at the end of the day, you guys are a fucking unit. You're a fucking team. Mm-hmm. Um, the hard stuff will pass, but while it's hard, be soft on each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a lot of advice I just gave you guys. Um, while like it's that? while it's hard, be soft on each other. That's the only way that you guys will get past the hard things. Mm-hmm. And... Um, no matter what, there's always, uh, there's always love and it's always perpetuated through the opportunity of having open communication. If you decrease communication, you will never know what each other wants. You're not fucking mind readers. You're not fucking psychics. Mm. You guys need to have open conversation. Mm. Two pieces right
0: there. I love that. Three pieces that. right there. Three pieces. Okay, two more questions. Um, what, if you could go back and tell your younger self anything at any point throughout our relationship, what's in your water? It was
1: a fly, it came out
0: of my water. Oh, he just looked at it with his crazy fucking face. Um, (laughs) okay, so if you were going to go back and tell yourself one thing at any point through our relationship, what would it be? Uh,
1: Fuck, I don't know. Um, she's different from you but respect it and don't be offended by it.
0: (laughs) What's that phase for?
1: I don't know. know Do you want to change
0: your answer? Yeah. Change your answer. It's all allowed.
1: What's what's the question again?
0: If you could go back and tell your younger self one thing throughout a relationship.
1: Run. No, I'm joking. (laughs) Um, It would probably be... Know yourself better first before jumping into things that don't serve you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I appreciate that. Okay, and last thing, what is the thing that makes you thrive or what things do you have in your life that really help you thrive that you would like to share with the world?
1: The world. <laughs> uh, meditation. Weightlifting. Weightlifting. Deal finding for the business definitely keeps my mind going. Um, Oh, um, all right. So, a few great things. One, drink a lot of water throughout the day. Two, get outside for as much of the day as possible. Um, You know, if you're in a hot climate, obviously it's going to be in the morning, the evening, but be outside shirtless. Um, it does a lot of really great stuff for the photoreceptors in your skin, makes you really feel good. Um, another one would be make sure you're, I know we've always been told not to look at the sun directly, but look at the sun semi indirectly for about an hour or for about a minute to two minutes a day. It helps a lot with mood and depression and circadian rhythm, just like the last one does and, um, eat a lot of carbs. Eat a lot of carbs, dude. Eat a lot of carbs. It's, always eat a lot of carbs. Always feel really fucking good. Always feel really fucking energized. Um, it helps me lift a lot of weight. It helps me stay energized like crazy throughout the day. Because that's one thing about me. Like I always have energy.
0: Always.
1: I it's always so have energy. <laughs> it's so annoying. I always have energy. I, I I could fucking work out legs for two hours and then take the dogs for an hour walk and still be all right. Still be right at all. But Yeah, Johnny will take a nap for five hours And still not be ready But, um, but yeah, th- those are my biggest things e carbs
0: That's not what I was expecting But cool, someone needed to hear that Well, thank you so much for coming on, Joseph Is there any last words, or are you good to go? Uh, let's see
1: uh, Final words um, Tread on yourself lightly You're ever-growing, ever-evolving And... To say that you know it all or anything at all is a fucking lie.
0: Mm, I like that. Cool. Well, thank you all for being here for a very long episode. If you liked it, obviously tag me on Instagram and share it. I love you guys. Um, I'm here for anything that you need. All the openness (laughs) is welcome, obviously. And if you want to hear more of Joe, just let me know. Bye, guys.